Looking for work? Better pay? Better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Tyler Griever. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Tyler Reba. The phone lines, they are open, 8150-939-3831-939 for the UPS Jobs text line. Get us up that way uh, as well here on a Louisville men's basketball uh, game day. You've got Louisville and Virginia Tech tonight. Ken Palm's got Louisville about a 10-point underdog uh, in that one. It has not been a great year for Virginia Tech either after finishing very well last year. Uh, Virginia Tech, and then having a solid uh, postseason, they have dipped significantly, 16 and 13 uh, this season, and had a seven-game losing streak at one point uh, this season when they started ACC play. They have rallied from starting ACC play one and one to they're at least what like six and 12 now. <laughs> Uh, it was a rough start, and they've at least sort of held their own the second half of the conference schedule. But it's a team that does some really good things offensively. They're very good outside shooting team, and they don't turn the ball over particularly well. And I bad news, Louisville doesn't force turnovers either. It's it's another one of these not great matchups on paper. I am hopeful that there is some element of pride here and some sort of response to just how bad the Georgia Tech game was, because I'm still bothered by that. Yeah, again, defensively, you want to see a response, especially against a team that is able to score the ball well. Uh, Louisville has not – I mean, they haven't guarded anything well on defense, but I particularly think they've been bad guarding the three-point line uh, above anything else. There always seems to be open corner and and wing threes, which is just pretty inexplicable at, at this point in the season uh and i understand georgia tech wasn't a great three-point shooting team coming in so maybe you give them a little bit of space here and there but at a certain point you have to start closing out better and stop giving space when a team is proving for at least that game that they're hitting them uh so at least just for a minimum guard the three-point line better than because if, if not then it, it could get ugly i did see by the way that the most watched basketball game last week on ESPN college basketball wise North Carolina Virginia even in a year where Carolina is is kind of at best a bubble team and Virginia is you know top 25 ish but they're not I don't think anyone's going to pick them to make the final four 
or anything, uh, they still draw eyeballs-wise pretty well. Well, I've never taken Virginia as like a sexy viewing option for people. They are the opposite of a sexy <laughs> viewing option, and that's not just because of uh, Jack Salt and Jay Huff. <laughs> They're also hideous to watch. Sorry, Caroline. Love you, but this is just uh, – I can't – I'm morally opposed to Virginia on every level. Yeah, and but it does go to show you that a big part of some of these ratings in college hoops is, look, it's, it's the brand name. Like, North Carolina is going to draw – even when North Carolina and Duke are, like, not – having great years they're still going to get the prime time slot and all the hype because people people know about carolina and duke well and this is the but this is the i guess maybe the worry or the the challenge for folks working on uh models of the acc that might make uh, uh revenue being distributed unevenly like this I think would be one of the things I would be concerned about if I'm say Louisville or somebody that if you're going to do an uneven distribution that that relies in some way on things other than it even being 100% even or just like raw results for that year only you're going to get things like this where Carolina and Virginia not a great year but people watch them and when it comes time for revenue distribution People watch them more than they watch somebody who's ooh, like Miami, maybe who's having a great year. Basically, like you're you're cutting revenue from these proposals where the ACC might make changes from raw results, or just once you've committed to it not being completely and totally even. But if you're Louisville, I guess maybe you feel good enough. Like, hey, you, you probably would still be a net benefit from that. Yeah, I, w- I would think so, and I, it's. It's hard to get into this conversation without fully like giving the some recent context surrounding like uh, you know Matt Baker from the Tampa Bay Times did some uh, reporting about Florida State kind of challenging the the grant of rights uh, that is pretty much prohibiting anybody from the ACC from really entertaining uh, some conference realignment here. But when you talk about some of that revenue distribution like I, I can't help but this is wild uh to me that michael alford or alford however you pronounce it it's the florida state's athletic director uh presented this at a board of trustees meeting like the revenue gap between the sec big yeah. 10 and the acc the sec uh according to alford gonna make 811 million dollars per year with the new espn abc tv deal big 10 contracts worth close to 1.1 billion the ACC's at two hundred and forty million compared to those. That is gigantic, and it is not. I mean, it's completely unsustainable moving forward. And the ACC deal doesn't expire until twenty thirty six. And the Big Ten and SEC have another chance to nego- to change their current deals, which are already lucrative, before the ACC can get a crack at a new deal. So something's got to give there. I'm more surprised, honestly, Tyler, when we have these discussions about like revenue models and that sort of thing. Uh, I would think that if the ACC went to a model that was more viewer, like value-based, that Louisville would stand to benefit from that, not suffer. You know that they would be ones 
the losers here would be Georgia Tech and Boston College and right. Syracuse yeah. and you know that sort of thing. And, and I, so I don't I don't fear for Louisville in that regard. Uh, I don't think it would solve any long like it, it would not stop Florida State and and Clemson, for instance, from leaving. But I'm not really sure about. I think sometimes they are full of their own headlines. Sometimes, like I'm not sh- like think about this over the last 20 years. The ACC or the SEC and the Big Ten have added a lot of teams, and they've not added Florida State or Clemson. Yeah. Right? Sometimes I feel like yeah. they they are high on their own supply a little bit about like what their value is, and sometimes you see Florida State like you know che- uh, crowing about who watches their games and that sort of thing. Well, like you're playing somebody when you do that. Yeah. Your spring uh, game doesn't do those numbers. Right. Uh, I don't think – I think Florida State absolutely has some brand recognition, but it is not to the extent to which they believe it is. Like, this is not appointment viewing anymore like it was when Bobby Bowden was was running the show at Florida State. Yeah. Uh, and I think if they get back to consistently contending – Obviously, people are going to watch because they're a good team, but it's not going to be like, oh my goodness, thank thank goodness, Florida State's back in the national conversation. You know, I, I don't I don't view it that way. And frankly, I think maybe this plays into Clemson's ratings as well. There are probably more people rooting against Clemson at this point than for Clemson uh, to stay as a college football power right now with Dabo. But I mean, look, Clemson. They invest, they spend, they have they have crazy amounts of uh, support and intensity, and they'll be you know look they were able to hire Garrett Riley. I don't I don't think Clemson's going anywhere. Yeah, uh, I, I anytime don't. soon. I'm I honestly tell you, I'm more surprised that we don't hear more about this from the Big Ten and the SEC, like within the Big Ten and the SEC. If I am Alabama. Or if I'm Georgia, or if I'm Ohio State, why am I agreeing to share revenue equally with Vanderbilt, yeah. or Kentucky, or South Carolina, or Missouri, or Northwestern? Like, why? Why in the world would would Michigan want to share Big Ten revenue equally with Minnesota? Yeah, we're why? really we're really hitting on Minnesota today. Yes, today's lesson is. Yeah. Screw Minnesota. Screw Minnesota. That stupid gopher. Ugh. Uh, no, I think I think you're right. I think it's it's the most awkward elephant in the room right now in college athletics, and it's it's Florida State's pretty much whole argument right now in the ACC, uh, and they're not going to be the only ones feeling that way. It's you know, look, college athletics has always been a case of the haves and the have-nots. Sure, but. I think there was like an assumed uh, amicable nature about like a classy way of like patting the have nots on the head and just saying, hey, yeah, no, we're in the same conference. Like, yeah, we're all in this together. And then the door closes. We are not in this together. Are you kidding me? Uh, right. Now all that's just it's said out loud and, and it's readily seen everywhere. Um, so I think that's what makes it a little more awkward now and where louisville falls and all that is is pretty interesting to me because you know we've talked about before like louisville is it's a top 50 media market in, in the country so it's not you know in the situation of some of these schools where you might be a, a nice brand but like your your market isn't exactly like too valuable in the in the media 
scheme of things. Or even if you are, like you take like Georgia Tech, for example. I don't think Georgia Tech, yeah, they have Atlanta, but like Georgia Tech's not driving Atlanta ratings. Like honestly, the college brand that has a stronger footprint in Atlanta is Georgia. Well, yeah. I would assume because obviously, not only are they really, really good, but they're the, you know, the state school, all that stuff. Uh, and obviously, Louisville battles with Kentucky on that quite a bit in, in ratings and attention and such. But it's an advantage to have a bigger market as your backyard to to be able to to use in these discussions. Um, now, obviously, Louisville's got to be a lot better with its premier program in men's basketball to have a stronger brand in these discussions. Uh, but it also ties into something you and I have touched on before in that I think Josh Hurd has seen how important it is for your football program to be profitable, valuable, uh, and attractive. Because I think you can point to some, some moves and some... Uh, emphasis that he's put on that side of things to show like hey yes traditionally men's basketball leads the way here but like I wouldn't be surprised if football like football has a shot to really gain some ground there and it might be better in the big picture for that to happen oh the the Jeff Bromley could not have come along at a better time than right now for for a couple of reasons one if there are further realignment moves to be made Louisville's got to be not just holding their own, they've got to be closer to the Louisville football that's existed from 2000 to now uh, than, than what they were even the last couple of years, from 18 forward. Like They've got to be better. They've got to be a positive uh, in, in that regard. And if the revenue model is going to change, they've got to be one of the better programs in football. They just they have to. You have no choice. Uh, for the for the health of the program and the health of all of your athletic programs. I did want to ask you really quickly, so we mentioned Clemson a second ago. What do you do in your head when two groups of people or two fan bases or two programs, whatever, that they, they, you don't like either one of them when they hate each other? Like, what's your process of working through it? And here's what I mean. I Nobody likes Clemson. We know this. But I also really don't like UCF. I think they're new money. I think they're obnoxious. And UCF went to Clemson in baseball and swept them over the weekend last weekend. And then their baseball team went to the football stadium, which is open, and did the touch the Howard's rock and run down onto the field thing that, that Clemson does for football games. And their fans and coaches and everybody are furious about it and i think it's great uh, it's where I, are you at it's absolutely hilarious to me it's awesome like i ucf i can understand the you know annoyance people feel with some of the posturing and stuff they've done over recent years even though i kind of enjoyed some of their stances of like finally like a group of five or a little guy is just kind of standing its ground and be like, nah, we really don't want to cave on some of this. Like I kind of appreciated that, but it was, you know, the whole war national champions thing or whatever that, that was strange, but Clemson, I definitely would dislike Clemson more because I look at it as the fan base, the whole meeting at the Paul thing. Yeah. But also just Dabo in general, I've said it a million times. I'm just not a fan of his really at all. Um, 
the, the demeanor, his stances on things, the he's just so corny, it's not even funny. Like, but he fits. He fits he fits Clemson very, very well with some of the things they take to heart. And so, no, I I, I think it's hilarious. I, I love the UCF did it and it makes total sense can, that clubs and fans are you know so pissed about it can i read uh some some true pearl clutching clemson fandom yeah and and P- clemson does like this is where clemson is the most sec like when you hear that sort of thing i always kind of roll my eyes but in terms of having like the per capita fans who either run or contribute to some website they're way up there Clemson fans and are sanctimonious about it while also being the worst. And I'll read you a little bit of this. This is from allclemsontigers.com. There's a couple of paragraphs in. A video of UCF players running down Clemson's famed hill made its way around social media Sunday evening, upsetting the Clemson fan base. It's one thing to go inside Memorial Stadium to look around, and it's okay to perhaps go see Howard's Rock and charge down the hill. But it is another thing to do what the Knights did. And what they did, Tyler, was not okay. Prior to the players running down the hill, go back and watch the crude gesture one of them was making right in front of Howard's Rock. I think what he was doing gives us an idea of what the Knights were implying here. This was not just a group of football fans appreciating a great college football tradition. No, this was a team who was intentionally mocking the tradition. Then, when they all got to the bottom of the hill, they reenacted their home run celebration. Again, this was not cool. This article is not cool. (sighs) People need to touch some grass, man. Well, the UCF team ran down the hill and touched a lot of grass. I know. All grass. Did this article, because I'm looking at it now, did it come with a free set of pearls to clutch in all of this? Or is that just assumed that you already have them to grasp tightly? Well, this is kind of what makes Clemson, Clemson. Uh, one of the things that really, yes, that makes them elite as a fan base, the ability to simultaneously pearl clutch and be the worst. <laughs> because like they, they do this sort of thing all the time yeah it's all that they do and the minute they get the tiniest bit of it from ucf baseball if you write an article angry about a ucf baseball celebration you're the problem this brings me back to l ellis dunking at the end of the (laughs) what clemson game and Yeah, in that same pearls clutched the same way. So, I didn't really. I tweeted out when I was covering the game that like Clemson didn't like it. Like you could see that the players didn't. But I quickly followed that up with I don't personally care about it. It's fine. It's been a rough year. You enjoyed a win. It's all good. But I think Louisville fans absolutely enjoyed it a little bit more that it was against Clemson that that happens because they knew it would piss off a lot of Clemson fans and Hunter Tyson. Hunter Tyson was particularly mad when that happened. Uh, yeah, this, this article, uh, this other paragraph is 
really funny. Personally, I am fine with the UCF players running down the hill, but they should have been more respectful of Clemson's tradition and appreciate the opportunity. Appreciate. Hold on, I'm gonna read that again. Door. Personally, I am fine with the UCF players running down the hill, but they should have been more respectful of Clemson's tradition and appreciate the opportunity. There are thousands and thousands of Clemson graduates and fans that would love to run down the hill at Memorial Stadium, <laughs> but they will likely will never get that opportunity. Uh-oh. Huh? These UCF kids, they're lucky to be able to run down that hill. I just... What side is this? All Clemson Tigers? The number one source for all things Clemson sports? I don't think... I don't know that we can verify that. I don't know if we can either, because there's a very poorly drawn tiger as their logo. And this just reads like a teenager wrote it. And I Text, he, 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 listen to this. From what all Clemson was told, Clemson gave them a grand tour of all their facilities and even the ones that are currently under construction. Part of the tour included Clemson's baseball facility, which is considered one of the best player facilities in the country. I'm not sure how UCF athletic director Terry Mo, Mohajir, I don't know how to say it. I was, please forgive me. I'm not, I don't know. Feels about what his baseball team did late Sunday afternoon at Memorial Stadium. But if it was me, I would be very embarrassed, <laughs> especially after Clemson opened up their home and was very gracious to UCF officials. If I was Terry, I would make head baseball coach Greg Lovelady apologize to Clemson and athletics for the way oh his players acted. Understand, no school dislike Clemson dislikes Clemson more than South Carolina, but not even the Gamecocks have ever disrespected Clemson's running down the hill tradition. This was not cool, UCF. You owe Clemson an apology. It's just not that deep. I don't know how else to say that. What a dork. The author of this article is a dork. Will Vandervoort. You are a dork. Is that their actual name? That's his name. Will Vandervoort. Oh, that makes sense. One word. Vandervoort. Uh, not cool. This article is not cool. This article is much dorkier than them running down the hill and celebrating. Uh, if UCF fans, they're 25 years old. All of them. They don't have appreciation for any tradition. They don't know about any of it. And they don't care. And they're all Orlando transplants. They definitely don't care. And if you let them under your skin like this, they'll run you in circles, man. Like, nice. that's what kills me the most about, like, like the uber successful programs is being this thin-skinned about something. This would be like a whole article about L's Down. That's, that's what this is. An entire article about L's Down. You owe us an apology. There's just so many other things in life to go expend your energy upon or or do i'm not telling you to obviously we all care about sports but like vander dork texter says somebody said i'm surprised such a sacred facility is open for such shenanigans <laughs> i do love the idea and god bless you clemson fans for thinking this because it's obvious that you really do think this that the ucf baseball players should have been chanting like hosannas as they ran down the hill <laughs> grateful 
for the opportunity that they had to do something that thousands upon thousands of miserable people in South Carolina have never been able to do, which is run down that stupid hill. I love that. The expectation, they should have been more grateful. Get the hell out of here. It was probably just like a, Yo, you know what would be really funny? Let's go run down the hill. And they just did it. Right. It's pretty much because it. Because they're normal. Right. And it's like no kid on the UCF baseball team is going to you know tell the grandkid one day, I was afforded the opportunity. Do you know what it takes for me to take UCF side on anything? And I, I can tell. Like, Do you have any idea what it takes for me to be like, no, UCF is fine. You're the dork. I hate them, like actively, and have my whole life. Because I don't like anything Orlando. Sorry, Steve. I don't. And for this, like I am, I would run down the hill with those UCF players. And the first chance I get, Tyler, I just want to let you know, I'm running down this stupid hill. Full sprint. If I'm ever there, I'm doing it. At, well, I don't know about sprint. I don't full sprint anywhere. <laughs> but I might skip. You know, I might scamper. <laughs> Somebody said, how many pairs of khakis and orange polos does Will Vander, Van I don't even know how I trust, Vander Dorrell own? Vandervoort? Van, yeah, his name is Vandervoort. He's also getting ratioed to hell at this moment in time. We're at 108 quote tweets on his tweeting of this article. A lot of replies. He's not getting a lot of support, I think, on this one. Oh, boy. That's tough. Well, maybe it's not. Maybe the website's struggling. And he just needs some clicks, and people are, you know, giving it to him. So, yeah. I, I will say, if you're trying to find, like, you know, like Biden wants everyone to have an, uh, an electric car, and, like, this idea of a sort of find, trying to find other alternative uh, res- energy resources or whatever, UCF online fan, like, zeitgeist, like, that is is, like, the next big thing. They're all online. They're yeah. all very, very active. If you could find a way to sort of harness UCF fans, you could uh, you could power a rave. How's that? <laughs> That's pretty good. That's about the best you could do with UCF fans, and they would love that. They would. They very. Right, let's take our last break. We will come back. We'll put a bow on this one here on the drive on Antonville. Bear back. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it. But then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. Listening to the drive presented by Fitness Market right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now here's Mark Ennis and Tyler Griever. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Tyler Griever could not help but laugh. 
Dylan Brooks uh, walking into the game against uh, the Lakers, uh, dressed like Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, uh, jean short, cut off jean shorts, and a a vest with no shirt. And someone referred to him, Tyler, as Austin three for sixteen. <laughs> That's a great genuinely joke. very funny. That is a, an extremely good uh, joke. One of the things that I have come to truly love and appreciate about Twitter is just how many of you are funny. Oh, Genuinely yeah. yes. very, very funny people. Did want to quickly say, uh, give a shout out to Haley Van Lith for making first team all ACC. Yep. That was just uh, announced here on uh, the ACC network and the PM show there with uh, Mark Packer and uh, Taylor Tannenbaum there. And uh, Mikasa Robinson for making uh, all ACC as a defensive player but not winning Defensive Player of the Year in the league. I think there was a pretty easy case for her, too, but she did at least make a defensive All-ACC. Both of those, I think, uh, very much uh, deserved for both of them. And I, I, if I had to try to think of a player that this that the men's team could use the men's version of without question, it's Mikasa Robinson. Like oh, they, yeah. No question. But not only because, like, she's not much of an offensive threat, but I really feel like the thing that they, this team desperately needs the most, like going away needs the most, is players who delight in the grimy stuff. Oh, the players yeah. Who like boxing out? Who like stealing the ball? Who yeah. like you know? jumping four times to make sure they're the ones who come down with a rebound. And those guys, you know, they exist. I do radio. You're filling in for one of them today. Like those, like they're out there all the time. And this team lacks them entirely. She's a wonderful example of it. And they need not one. They need at least two that are very contagious to come in here for this team next year. Yeah. uh, Look, he wasn't, as good at the role as Mikasa is for the women, but like I've I've said before, like Louisville basketball could have just used somebody like Jared West this year, for goodness sake. Just a dude who Dwayne Sutton is like the for the go to uh, shorthand. Yeah, yeah, but but just sticking with like I mean last year, like Jared, you you knew what you were gonna get out of him most games. He hit a few more threes, I think, than people expected him to by the end of the year, but uh, he was very very much a defensive player. And there's not much of that at all. There isn't anybody really like that at all on this Louisville team. And since we're in the like the last uh, segment of the show, again, I, I think that the defensive end of the floor, just seeing any sign of improvement, which, I mean, look, I'm going to be honest, at this point, we're, we're so far past and deep into this season that like, I, I wouldn't really expect it. Like just just because I feel like if this team was going to be better defensively at all, we would have already seen that at some point in time. Clearly, the offensive improvement came. Uh, everybody probably just accepts that the defensive improvement was just not going to happen. Now, uh, I would say, but that that's one positive thing. It's like, man, just please, just show us something uh, in that. But also, let's see if Emmanuel Corfor gets back on the floor. Uh, tonight, haven't heard anything about that yet. Uh, obviously, we'll get to the arena and see if he still has a boot on. Or uh, I think that he did have one on uh, when seen at the Georgia Tech game. And we've already seen Brandon Huntley Hatfield get over uh, 
an injury where he had to wear a boot for a bit, but uh, no question that everybody wants to see Emmanuel back on the floor and see what he can do. Oh, I, I listen without question, especially when Kenny's talked about like wanting to have him and Brandon on the field or on the court at the same time. Yeah, uh, you know, I would be interested in seeing that as well, just because I want any kinds of signs of what the future might look like to just go ahead and be here. Like I'm, I want to see that now. I mean, I, I have been dying for even just a few minutes of Fabio and L together with Fabio being the primary ball guy, you know, if you, and Fabio L Mike James, Kamari lands the core for, I don't care. Five, those five on the floor at one point, like you could reasonably see that as a, as a team that might be on the floor next year for at least a little stretch. I would love to see some things like that. If the results don't matter, let's stop being so conservative. Yeah. Show me some weird. Let's get weird. Yeah. Come on. Be weird. I, I don't know. Again, though, I I feel like if anybody, if any of those guys were going to like the Fabios and Devin Rees or whatever, that, that just would have already happened. By now, you know we've we've been far past the point of the results and being what they are and looking to next year, whatever it is. Uh, you know, Fabio got in for a stretch last game, which was encouraging to see because you had you hadn't seen him for a while. Uh, but you know, I I growingly suspect I'm like, look, is Fabio Basile even going to be on the team next year? With how little he's played little he's been involved even when he does do a few good things like i don't know man i really don't and he's he obviously has a lot of eligibility left to go elsewhere but i don't know if that's one that the Kenny and staff are just like yeah i don't know i think we've accepted that this this isn't clicking for him and we'll you know we're gonna part ways after this year but uh there's something to be gained by figuring out some unknown with with what him and, and Devin Reed bring, and we've said that for a long time, uh, but it just has not resulted in them playing extended minutes or even just a long stretch at all. Oh, I, I don't think that there's a guarantee that he would be back Yeah, at all. No. Yeah, all. I, I, I don't see how. It, it, like, there's been no, uh, you know, no suggestion of – like promise or really encouragement there from Kenny of the staff whenever they've they've talked, uh, and I it really feels like they've just hammered home a bunch of times. Like, look, these guys aren't bringing it in practice, and we're not going to play them in the games. But then you and I have discussed like the contradiction of that of like, okay, well there are guys who are showing that same stuff in games, right, and still playing. Uh, but to be fair, like you know, Sid has not really played as much the over the, in a recent stretch, so I think Kenny might have hit a a wall with that wouldn't be surprised if he starts tonight though for senior night uh maybe not maybe still doesn't play a ton of minutes but i, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts if who starts for Sid, senior night cindy curry like, uh yeah I just probably surprised. gets the start um right. someone texted has will vanderdork demanded an apology from l ellis for dunking at the end of the game <laughs> i do like will vanderdork it's pretty good that is it's sincerely one of the lamest articles I've ever read in my life. And I've, I like boring stuff. And that was lame. It was horrible. It's a day for horrible articles. We've spent time with 
the Sports Illustrated Minnesota guy, and now, you know, Vanderdork here from Clemson. Come on, guys. Let's, let's, you don't have to be lame. There's no law saying that. I mean, if that's just how you are, that's fine. That's cool. But we're going to make fun of him at your expense. Well, you, you, the thing about it is, like, if you're Clemson, you are as trolly as they get. Yeah. Online, fan base, Dabo, players, butt stuff, all of it. Like, Clemson is – it's such an odd place to be, like, by far the most obnoxious and the most sensitive at the same – you can't be both. you got to pick a side. This does not seem like a very enjoyable group to associate with as a whole. I'm trying to think of if I know anybody who – is a Clemson fan or like really into Clemson? I can't say that I do. Well, I mean, uh, Eric McLean and Kelly Graham, like, like they're Clemson folks, good people. Yeah, that's fine. That might, that might be it. Yeah, I don't really. I think I talked to like Kelly like one time, like at the tournament last year, but not anybody that I personally really know. Uh, kind of interested to see what the the turnout's going to be tonight. Getting back to the game. Like that, you know, we touched on it earlier, but a 9 p.m. tip. Somebody texted in that senior night is like the reason they are going to go to the yes, game. Yes, all that. Good. Uh, I mean, good. Yeah, yeah. No, and look, as a since it's the last home game of the year, I feel like it is fitting to say that, like, in a extremely difficult year, one of the worst years in Louisville basketball history, arguably the worst year in Louisville basketball history. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's aware that the the atmosphere is not. <laughs> Obviously, it's not what it used to be. It's not heyday. It's not. It, it's down. But I do give credit to the people who did consistently show up and try to inject some energy in that building here and there. Because I, I will contend from covering this year that the fans definitely, you know, tried to sense some runs and some positive momentum and tried to to get something out of it when they were there. Um, and I think that that deserves credit. But I also again don't blame people if you know they didn't you know they they reached a point where they got fed up with this season and wanted to hang it up until next year uh the i don't know what the final attendance numbers are i'll take a look at them after we get the final tally uh tonight i took a look at the women's ones the other day they drew average of close to like i think it was about 8800 or close to 9000 the last one against Notre Dame was a little over 12000 for official attendance another great year of attendance for them uh but i'm very intrigued to see the the final men's numbers on that and i do want to give a shout out uh and i think this is kind of what you're doing too but to the fans who have stayed uh going to the games you know yeah. this year yeah for uh, sure obviously it hasn't it's been the worst any of us have ever seen and to your credit you who have continued to go to games when people predicted just like a pure the bottom falling out and they're in that arena having like tumbleweeds that fly by while you watch the games and stuff i you all deserve an unbelievable amount of credit for not allowing that to happen we yep. did not ever get to the point where people just stopped coming and there was nobody at the games. Yeah. There was there was the smallest crowds this year would have been the biggest crowds in multiple places 
throughout the country. And then the crowd was very good in a number of games, regardless of record. And so the number of people who have been like, this program's dead and apathy and all this stuff, it's not true. You guys are still there. It's obviously going to take something of a dip when you're as bad as, as they have been this year. Sure. But if you're telling me that they get three, like two guards and this Evans kid from the portal that commit in the next three weeks and you add that to the guys that are coming in and you get the guys who are announced that they're going to come back and you know what this team's going to look like and there's there's any reason at all to believe that they are going to be better next year, that place will be pretty full and pretty loud right away. Like yeah. I'm still convinced the vast majority of people are ready to come running right back the minute they give them a reason to. Well, yeah, I think people deserve some praise for that. No, they absolutely do. And somebody texted in that you know, the Clemson crowd reminded them of times past and the team fed off that energy. Look, that, you know, I'm glad that the city and the program and the fans got to have a night like that in celebrating the 2013 team and getting a win and just enjoying that atmosphere. It's something to, to hang on to, at least in a year like this. I'm, I mean, look, am I, you know, naive enough to say that people are going to remember that over the fact that how poor of a season this is no but it's it's one thing to grasp onto and be like all right you know what at least that was a fun night and it shows you that you know it's a basketball city man people love watching it here and they want something to to grasp onto in this town so uh it's the apathy part is something you you always want to avoid it's the most dangerous place you can be and i'm i'm fully with you i do not think this fan base is is there and I think the minute that they, they have anything to rally back to, I think a, a whole lot of people will. Yeah. I'm with you on that. No, 100%. Because it's, even from the standpoint of like, oh, look, I get that there's a certain subsect of, of people who maybe didn't like the, the Kenny High from the get-go and, and just have stuck to that from from the jump. Uh, I would contend there's probably more people who have just seen how poor the results have been this season in question, Kenny as a whole. But I don't think there's a question of anybody like not like everybody wants the guy to succeed as a fan because of, you know, how good of a person he's been, the player he was, the connections here, all of that stuff. So if this offseason can go according to some sort of rebuild plan to make this team much more competitive going to year two, absolutely people are going to latch on behind that and try to have some hope behind this. And and Louisville fans, I keep going back to this, Tyler. We're done with Scott Satterfield. And the minute that recruiting really took kind of this big jump that it took last year, when Pierce Clarkson and some of these California kids in particular committed, like people, people were down for a lot right away after spending almost all of January writing the guy off and wishing that he would have left or gone somewhere else or been fired or what have you. There were a lot of, now, there were a lot of people who called in and listened who, who expressed their willingness to put up with a lot. But I guess in retrospect, the truth was in kind of the attendance numbers because he never got people back. Yeah, it's, I I think you have a, hold on, sorry, I was trying to read this text for a second I could uh, it was one of those weird ones where I could like see half of it and now I can see the whole thing and somebody texted in there's a good portion of the crowd that goes because we paid a stupid amount of money for tickets yeah I mean well 
That makes sense. I can understand that. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. It's an investment. Uh, no one questions that. I, I do think just, you know, we kind of touched on this with, with NIL, but the changing uh, directives for investment is another change in, in college athletics. Like going, it's a heavy one right now where it's like, you know, where do you feel like you should put money to fully support uh, your team or athletic department? Like donating to a collective and paying for tickets and advice for like, how much do you, are you really able to do that? And then that's a, a growing question as we get deeper into this. And it's a question that a lot of players, you know, everyone's going to have to answer as far as like their level of commitment and willingness to sort of come off of money. I don't know how else to say it than that uh, to support these programs. What will always help? Always. What will always help? Winning. Well, football winning (laughs) in particular. Yeah. There's nothing better that can happen for Louisville than Jeff Brom hitting the ground running. Yeah. By beating Georgia Tech in that opener if louisville beats georgia tech and, and it looks like what we think it will i can't i don't i cannot even imagine what a week a weeknight crowd against what murray state it's still going to be nuts yeah i'm kind of interested to see what the um uh, not trying to totally fast forward but like what the the traveling party is going to be like for that georgia tech With the opener. georgia tech opener i, yeah. I mean if they for instance succeed in getting any other transfers that they give you a reason to have no fear at all about next year's team uh, i i would imagine you're going to get especially once we have a chance to see what they're going to look like in the spring you're going to have a, a very large group of people who make that trip i i i, tr- I think people are going to be are going to want to have been at the first game yeah, and it's a you know it's a fun, just road trip in general, you know to to Atlanta, plenty to do, and uh, I went for the the old Miss opener. That was a man. That was a not pretty at all. It needs to be the opposite of that. <laughs> that was not good, not one bit. But we made the the drive down for it and and enjoyed it. Hope, hoping to to do it again. Um, I did want to touch on the. Uh, you know the attendance for, for since we were on that like and the NIL for for women's hoops I thought it was interesting recently that um, I believe it was Michael McCammon who wrote the story about uh, a trio of fans uh, upping some investment for yeah like, for the NIL basketball. pool I think it was about 80 grand or something like that has been raised Uh so it's it's just very intriguing now how that's like that's got to be an effort across the board moving forward and and it's particularly interesting because again louisville you know i'm sure people are aware of this but louisville for the class of 2025 has two of the top 20 25 prospects in the country in zakiah uh johnson and sacred heart and uh liam macy at mercy academy and i i absolutely everybody will be highly highly interested to see if either of them both or neither end up going to louisville to play for jeff uh and you know when we're talking about highly rated recruits nowadays i would think that 
the NIL is going to be a pretty, I almost said the NIL, like one of the, uh, someone who's a lot older than me. I hear people say like the NIL. I'm like, no, it's no, it's not like a, a noun like that. Doesn't work like that way. Um, well, I mean, don't you think, Tyler, that ultimately, like, as we move forward in this world for as long as it li- as it lasts, part of the of the expectation for a coach, part of like the evaluation process or like the interview process, is going to be discussing how do you intend to facilitate this. Whether you're like you know whether yeah. you really ought to have those conversations or not, you you better be having those conversations. And I, what I I think can never happen again is hiring any coach at a major place that is in any way like even remotely hesitant. Like you just that's not an option. Yeah, no, I one hundred percent do not see someone who is. I don't know if you could be characterized as anti or against it or just kind of lukewarm to it. Like, a, no, I don't see it happening. Not, not in, not with the way this is all shaking out. And again, this is, I think this is all going to look extremely different in the next, I don't know, six months, year, year and a half. Like, we have no idea what further governance or legislation, if any, comes from this. It seems like the NCAA's trying to do a little bit more but then they're getting you know laughed at in the supreme court as a whole and i just it's hard to really chart where all this is going when we don't even know who's going to be running it or governing it at all uh and it's yeah it's it's hard to to gauge but if you're a coach you you absolutely have to embrace it to to use i don't i don't see how you move forward or get you know big time jobs if you're not no, I, I think if anything, if I was like a grad assistant, if I'm an assistant coach, if I am an agent talking to my up and comers in the game, I'm telling them, you know, you got to be a recruiter, and now being a recruiter means you got to be able to motivate people to come up off that nil money. Like, there's just there's no you have no. You got to be excuse. a fundraiser. That's what I mean. Yeah. You got to be able to that's, make people want to give you money, and that's a unique skill that I don't have. <laughs> Trust yeah. me. Yeah. I, All I right, well, Tyler. I appreciate you filling in here, buddy. Keep it here on ninety three on the Ville. We've got pregame network pregame coverage at seven thirty. Game starts at nine. We'll have pregame coverage or postgame coverage after that uh, as well. Here, appreciate you filling in uh, today, Tyler. You've yep. been listening to the drive on ninety three on the Ville. See you.